Hi there, and welcome to the Chaos Podcast from the CAP team here at Maternal Infant Services Network. The focus of our podcast is cultivating health, acceptance, opportunity, and soul, which we've shortened to chaos. The podcast features our team of CAP community health educators and a variety of guest speakers. As a quick reminder, this is just an educational discussion as we are not medical professionals. Our podcast aims to empower youth personally and professionally by discussing the topics most affecting their lives. My name is Katie, and I will be your host today. Let's get into the episode. Hi, um, my name is Susan Sussman. I am a consultant currently dedicated to Cornell Cooperative Extension for Orange and Sullivan Counties as a human development educator. And I teach many programs um, around parenting for both counties. Um, I have taught for Cornell Cooperative Extension for about 10 years. Um, I have three adult children and have been married to my husband for 35 years. And when raising my own kids, I always took classes, parenting classes, wherever I could find them. In fact, learned about Cornell Cooperative Extension and that's how I became connected with them by taking a class. Um, And I always read books to kind of learn best practices for being a parent. And while I was not perfect and no parent is, I tried really hard. Um, But, you know, in in essence, no parent is perfect. We just want to do the best that we can. That was probably one of the best introductions we've had so far on the podcast. So thank you. (laughs) I'm glad. Well, you started to talk a little bit about your role, but I would love to hear a little bit more in depth about what it's like to kind of be a parent and educator. Okay. So, yeah. So I'm, I'm really fortunate because, um, as I said, I've done this for 10 years. Um, I've really, I actually, you know, worked for Cornell for eight years, went back to corporate America for five and then during COVID got laid off and said, Oh, I want to go back to what I loved. So, um, had the opportunity, fortunately, from Cornell to work remotely for them. Um, So I have a wonderful opportunity to engage and educate parents and caregivers. And I always say caregivers too, because we deal with a lot of um, parents or relatives that are raising related children. Um, They aren't necessarily the biological parent, but they are, you know, taken on that role. Um, So I always like to say caregivers as well. But the majority of the work that I do currently is virtual. And I think it's vitally important because um, it really takes away a number of barriers to parents and caregivers. Um, So in the past, I always did in-person parenting workshops, but I always felt like there was a population that was missing because they couldn't get there. They couldn't drive there. They didn't have transportation. Um, They didn't have um, the time because maybe they were working, you know, staggered hours and it wasn't always in line with what we were doing. Um, And they maybe didn't have the means to hire a babysitter. So I feel that virtual programming is, you know, just takes away a number of the barriers. Um, All they need is their cell phone and their computer and they can participate. So, you know, I teach a variety of programs ranging, you know, the whole Uh, age range of children. So I teach a program called Discipline is Not a Dirty Word, which is designed for parents um, that have kids two to 10. And this is like our foundational program, which really is a fun, upbeat, positive program that teaches about ages and stages of development, talks about 
um, you know, who you are as a parent, like what is my parenting style? Am I a brick? Am I a jellyfish? Um, I am, am I the backbone parent? You know, so you really have to identify, do some self-introspection. Um, and then we, we go into a lot of communication skills and, you know, ways to best, um, you know, work well to, with children. Um, most recently I have created unpacking the teen years and that's for parents of youth 10 and up. And, um, that program is designed to, really look at teen years as a positive, um, which a lot of parents don't, you know, they, they think it's like the dreaded years. Right. And um, so this is not dreadful. It, it really talks about the strengths and, and all of the exciting things that are going on with teens, like their brain is, you know, really developing cognitively and they, um, you know, they are expanding their interest in the world around them. And, you know, what could you expose them to and what experiences can you bring to them? And, um, you know, their ability to maybe, you know, ask questions and be more critical thinkers. And, and maybe you take it as, you know, they're being rebellious with me, but, you know, you're, you're fostering communication skills with them and such. So I'm trying to go from a really positive and strength-based approach um, so that parents can can kind of look at the teen years from a different lens. Um, so that's fun, and I just love that. Um, we also offer a program called Strengthening Families, which um, is a seven-week series, and it's really unique because parents and youth can attend together. Um, they, they are to attend together. Um, so they come first for a family meal. Then for the first hour, they separate into two separate rooms where the parents do discussion and video-based um, work and activities while the youth are playing games and doing physical activities and, you know, learning in a really creative ways. And then they come back together for a family session. And during the family session, you sit by family, you, you know, might focus on activities that are specific to your family or a larger group activity. And it's really fun. It's really fast paced. It's evidence-based. So the impact um, is really supported in the research that it's just a really successful program. I'm trained in that. I've taught it many times. I'm not teaching it this fall, but we are offering it this fall. So it's, it's really unique and wonderful. And then the last program that I'm involved with that I just love as um, as a parenting educator is I developed a connection series because to me personally, I just feel connection is the answer. Um, you know, healthy relationships, building connectivity, being sincere, um, you know, showing empathy, all of those things are really important to me. So um, I developed a quarterly program um, starting with connecting with your child, then connecting with your teen. The one that's starting uh, next week is called self-connection slash self-care um, because there's such value in taking care of ourselves and then building your community connection. Um, so these are one-time programs, um, but they're just really valuable programs that you know really foster connectivity. So like I said, my, my role as a parenting educator is quite diverse as far as the age span of what I teach, um, but I just love it. Well, I think your answer just shows exactly why we were eager to have you join us on the podcast, because I think as a team, we felt that you're almost working on the same issues as us from another side of the relationship. Mm -hmm. um, we hear from a lot of the youth that we work with 
how do I talk to my parent about this new situation in my life? I feel like my parent is not getting everything I'm going through or they, they think this about me, but this is how I really feel. Mm. So I think it's, it's so amazing to hear that other side of it. And I, I really hope that our listeners can mm. kind of gain some of that connection just through our conversation and hearing about opportunities for caregivers to become more educated. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally love working with the youth that we work with, but I was wondering, what do you love about maybe working with caregivers? Why is it that you chose that angle? Hmm. I guess there's two reasons. One would be um, just helping them not feel so alone um, on this parenting journey. Uh, you know, I think um, personally, just from my perspective as a woman, we beat ourselves up and we always, you know, um, you know, we're really hard on ourselves. Um, but I think that in general, parents, you know, are hard on themselves. So I want them to feel like they're not alone. And so I, if I can aid them in that um, and give them support and resources and tools, that's, that's the first and foremost. Um, but the second thing that I just love is, when, you know, a lot of our programs are series. So we have the advantage of them learning a concept, going home and practicing, and then coming back the next week and telling us how it went. And so I love when they come back and they say, Susan, I did this and it worked. And now they have a new tool for their toolbox. Um, So to me, that just, you know, warms my heart and just makes me feel like, because you know that when they have a success, they're going to continue to use that. Um, I, I also say to them, you know, don't try it once. And if it doesn't work, don't ever use it again. Keep trying it and finesse it and make it your own. Um, but I just love when they have a success and they can share it with the group. Yes. I definitely have similar experiences working with youth where in one of our programs, we have a whole session on communication styles, which I know you brought up. So it's so interesting that like these two people in a relationship are trying so desperately to learn how to communicate with each other. Mm -hmm. So when it clicks, it feels like the biggest success of all. Right? I Yes. For my own curiosity, I think I have to go back and ask, what is a brick? What is a jellyfish? What do those (laughs) words mean? (laughs) So so we do this great activity um, where we ask parents um, and caregivers to, to identify the characteristics of a brick and a jellyfish first. So the brick, you know, if you ask for you know, an adjective, you'll hear, you know, cold, rigid, hard, unbending, inflexible, that kind of thing. And then the jellyfish is, you know, very malleable, um, you know, almost uh, see-through, wishy-washy, you know, that kind of thing. And so we, we look at those characteristics and we describe them as, you know, what would a brick parent say? And a brick parent would say, you know, it's my way or the highway. You know, I'm not negotiating. I'm not even listening. I'm just, it's my rules. These are my rules. And um, the jellyfish is like, sure, no problem. You could do that. No rules. It's okay. And really we want to balance that. And we want to be a backbone parent. And we also ask, describe what a backbone does. It's supportive. It's flexible. It provides structure, you know, like, so we, we look at those as analogies to um, the parenting styles. And we ask parents to kind of identify not openly, you don't have to identify with us, but um, identify what they are as far as their style. And we move along a continuum. 
So that's okay too, because we know that that happens, but ideally you want to be like within the center and be more of that, that backbone parent. Um, and then we also go a little bit deeper and say, you know, how were you parented? And, you know, are you parenting as a jellyfish because you were parented by a brick? You know, like, so what's been the cause, you know? So um, sometimes in person, when I've done this in person, it's a really reflective and kind of an emotional activity. Um, but a lot of people really like discussing it and, you know, and the symbols of a backbone and a jellyfish and a brick kind of help. Definitely. I mean, I even feel like that whole idea could be easily adapted for, you know, talking to youth about communicating. I, I could see so much potential for that for our programming. Mm. So I'll, I'll definitely keep that in mind. I like that. Yeah, yeah. I'd be happy to go into it, you know, in more depth with you at another time if you want to, you know, maybe try because it's based on um, Diana Bamaround, B-A-U-M-R-A-R-I-N-D, I think. Um, and so, and there's one more in that, and that's like um, the neglectful parent. There is a fourth style, um, and we talk about that, but not as much as the others. And also, too, with teens, you know, we often mention that the backbone parent is the one that a teen is going to come to more often. You know, they're not going to come to the brick parent as often with an issue or a problem because of the way that you know, they might be afraid of what their parent might say, or, you know, they're feeling there's judgment and criticism, or there is no understanding. Um, and the permissive parent, you know, a lot of times kids crave, um, you know, boundaries and structure and a permissive parent is so free spirited that they might feel like, well, they don't love me enough. They don't have rules for me. And so they don't really care. So I'm not going to share with them. So they're going to come to that backbone parent who gives them safety, support, structure, guidance, love, understanding. Every health educator here could speak to the fact that we've heard from youth who I think have one parent that's a backbone parent, but one parent that's a brick parent. Mm -hmm. And they say like, I confide so much in my backbone parent. We have such a strong relationship. They get me. But how do I even begin to talk to my brick parent? And obviously, I don't think they have that terminology, but that really is what it is. So I think that yeah. that's interesting to like have caregivers identify within themselves. And even like, you know, I, yeah, I think it's helpful too for the youth to understand that, you know, there is reasons why their parents are like the other thing, too, is how parents um, bounce off of each other. Like uh, often parents will say, I'm a jellyfish parent, but my spouse is a brick. And that's because he's so hard. I have to be soft. And they say, well, I have to be the hard one with rules because you're so soft. And then they're, you know, they're banging off of each other, where if they both came to the middle more and became more backbone together, they both would enjoy parenting more. A lot of youth kind of crave that, mm -hmm. you know, they they want to feel connected to both parents, they do. at least from the youth that we've worked with and gotten a lot of questions from about connecting with caregivers. Um, I want to go back a little bit. You spoke about kind of moving to more virtual programming, kind of tailoring programming to caregivers, making it more accessible. And I was interested in whether or not you've found that there are certain topics that parents are increasingly seeking education in. Maybe in recent years, parents are like, what is this? How do we handle it? 
can we have help on it? Well, definitely technology because parents just don't feel as well-versed on it. Um, they often don't know, you know, should I be setting trackers or should I be doing different things to monitor my child? And, you know, there's a lot of questions around technology for sure. And the safety and, and bullying related to technology, those are big questions. And I think partly because it is fairly foreign to them in some ways. Um, so that's something that's big. I always hear, how come they don't want to talk to me anymore? How come they're in their room? How come they don't want to, you know, tell me about their day? Those are the ones that I still hear, even though it's not related to technology. It's at the core, right? Um, parents feel so hurt that their kids don't want to talk to them anymore. You know, this is very normal behavior. It's not because they don't love you. It's just super normal. This is what they want. You know, they mm -hmm. want their privacy. They want their independence. They, they want to do their own thing. They know they have you in their pocket. They just want to do other stuff. <laughs> but, you know, I, I, but then I also talk about how, when you do communicate with them, why don't you communicate in ways that aren't overreactive and, you know, that you are more empathetic and you listen more and you talk less. <laughs> so those are the, you know, the tips yeah. we kind of give them that like, when you do talk, don't ruin it. <laughs> don't ruin it. This is your chance. And then on kind of on the flip of that, do you feel like there are topics that parents are like hesitant to engage with or like maybe feel like, oh, I don't want to talk about that or I don't want to deal with that challenge or kind of talk about that challenge? That depends on the parent, you know, because I mean, communication skills sometimes are easy for some people, but then really difficult for other people, right? So that, you know, you would think that that would just be like not an issue, but there are some people that really struggle with, you know, sharing their feelings, like, you know, doing an I statement that says, I feel frustrated, or I feel disappointed, or I feel hurt, they can't even express a feeling, right? So that's hard. Um, where other people have no problem with that kind of thing. Um, I would say sex and drugs become issues that parents, as much as they want to talk about it, sometimes they're afraid to talk about it because they're not sure if they're saying the right thing, if they have the right information. Um, so they're not always sure or it's uncomfortable like to talk about sex. Give our team a call. <laughs> well, that's right. We'll talk to them. That's right. <laughs> but we definitely see that within our work too. And, you know, and I think too, that like risky behavior and things like that, you know, parents, you know, almost like put things in a box, like, oh, that's not going to be my child, or I don't want them to do that, or they can't do that. And, and again, you know, that's where we kind of try to explain that this is part of teen years is experimentation. I mean, we're not endorsing, you know, or condoning this kind of behavior, but, you know, it's better to have conversations around this kind of behavior as opposed to ignoring it or thinking it's not going to happen or having unrealistic expectations. So we try to we try to educate our parents on, you know, it's normal for them to be risk taking. They understand the risks more than you think they understand, but they're more willing to take the risk because they want to experience it or they want to be doing something with their friends or it's worth the risk. You know, again, if they have really good communication skills with their parents and they can talk to their parents and their parents 
can kind of just guide them and keep them safe as best they can. You know, that's that's the goal. I think a lot of um, the youth in our audience will feel very affirmed by what you're speaking about. I think it's it's rare that we hear kind of both sides of the situation. Yeah. And, you know, and that's the thing is, you know, I think youth in some respects need to understand that parents just want to protect them and want to keep them safe. And so fear always comes into it. Their brain isn't completely developed until you know, late twenties or, you know, that, uh, we know that that's the case. And, um, but also I think that if we didn't overreact, we listened more, we, you know, turned off that parent alarm and, and maybe didn't, you know, catastrophize, catastrophize situations as much. I think that they'd be more willing to listen. They'd be more willing to talk and have conversation. And again, that's what I teach parents is, you know, you might open the door a lot more easily if you can do X, you know? Um, yeah. If they could both, again, move almost like to the middle a little bit, you know, so that they could both be a little better about listening to each other. And, and that's where the communication skills come in. I mean, that's the crux of everything that I teach. I know I've brought this up a few times throughout our conversation um, that we've had youths come to us and say, like, how do I talk to my parents about X, Y, and Z? So an example might be, how do I tell my parents that I'm having sex or I'm ready to have sex? I was wondering if you have any words of wisdom, any advice for youths who are considering of having maybe a bigger conversation, an uncomfortable conversation with their parents, what can they do to prepare for that? I think that if they could um, really think broadly on, um, you know, what they are doing to demonstrate that they have thought of everything. Um, so let's say, let's use this example as they, you know, are in a relationship with someone and they feel like it's getting to that point where they are going to, you know, have sex with their partner and maybe they're looking for their parents assistance in getting contraception or whatever it might be, or maybe they just want to kind of feel like they could talk to a trusted adult and that's who they really want to talk to. Um, I think that it's important for them to kind of have their eyes dotted and T's crossed and really kind of think of everything. Like, you know, I'm, I'm mature enough at this point in my relationship where, or I feel strongly enough about this person. And this is where I think it's headed and I want to be um, responsible. And this is what I'd like to do. Um, and I just want to talk to you about it and hear your words, uh, you know, hear your, you know, your thoughts on it, if that's what they're looking for. Right. Um, but I also think timing's everything. Um, and so one of the things that I hear from parents all the time is, you know, ah, my, my, my child, you know, I try to talk to them all day long and they don't tell me anything. And then at 1130 at night, they knock on my door and say they want to talk or it's really meaningful for me that I hear your, you know, viewpoint on something. And I, it's really important. And I really want to talk to you, you know, when can we make that happen? Um, so maybe, you know, so that distraction isn't there and the parents know that there's a sense of urgency, but they also, this is another thing that I was thinking about is that while we often talk to parents about setting boundaries, 
it might be important for our youth, depending upon the relationship that they have with their parent, is to say, listen, I really want to have a healthy relationship with you and a healthy conversation with you about this topic that I want to talk to you about. Can we, can we just agree that, you know, we don't overreact and we listen to each other as we go through this. And sometimes I guess, you know, the youth has to be more adult-like. Um, and it, you know, if I think for them to be effective, I'm not saying every parent is going to react openly about it. It depends on the parent, but those might be some tips to try. I think those are fantastic tips, especially the timing one that really stood out to me because I feel like I can so remember that from my own teen years. I think that's a pretty universal experience, but I think that that's so powerful and something I will definitely keep in mind because really there is kind of different brain schedules going on. Mm -hmm. And that's very interesting to think about. Yeah, but I think, you know, and, and it also could be too that they finally get their courage to talk mm -hmm. about something at that time, or they think this is my last ditch effort before tomorrow, and I really want to talk to them tonight. Right. But that's why I always say to parents, don't ever say no. Mm -hmm. You know, say, yeah, okay, I'll climb out of bed. I don't care. I'll, let's talk or whatever. Right. Because I mean, I think that shows too, like, you are going to show up for me when I need you. I think that's very powerful advice. Mm hmm. Speaking of advice, I was wondering if you would have any advice for someone in my position who's kind of working maybe on the opposite side of the situation as you, if you would have any advice for me on how to encourage the youth that I work with to talk to their parents about something. So beyond just like a question about like, how do I talk to my parents about this? A youth might confide a situation me or one of the other health educators and I I might think the best thing that they could do would be speak to a trusted adult maybe that's not their parents but maybe it's a caregiver how could I go about broaching that with them maybe asking first who is that trusted adult in their life right you know who do you feel will truly listen to you could they be support or a conduit to this other person what skills does that teen need to help them? Because maybe they need the proper words. So, you know, maybe it's an I statement. I don't know if you teach I statements, um, but, you know, I feel uncomfortable when you're with your boyfriend. This could be a kid talking about his mom, right? You know, I feel uncomfortable when um, your boyfriend's here because I get the willies. You know, I, I, I just don't feel good about this. Um, you know, what can we do to fix it or something? You know, like, so giving them the yeah. words and the tools to be able to express their feelings because what I express to parents is your kids can't diminish or they shouldn't diminish your feelings. So I teach them I statements, but the same goes for a teenager. They have feelings too, and their feelings are valid. So if you can teach them I statements to express how they're feeling, but also coupled with what they want, it really helps round out that whole tool and, um, and might make an uncomfortable situation clearer if they can say, you know, I'm feeling this way, it might open the door. I like that. And I'm sure you can understand this experience, like as facilitators of you know, this important information, we never want to say to someone, 
well, you need to just talk to your parents because we don't, we don't know what's going on at home. We don't know who the safe, trusted adults are in their life. And I think it's a very sensitive thing. If they are confiding in us, that means they feel safe with us and we never wanna break that trust or safety. So right. I thought I would ask that question and I think you did a great job of answering it. So I really appreciate that. Yeah, no, and if, you know, and if they felt like, I mean, if you had, let's say the flyers for our programs and you felt, that that would be something, you know, for the youth. I mean, that again, you know, them printing out the flyer and saying, you know, I was told about this program. It might be something good. And I would love to, you know, hear about it when you take the class or something like, you know, that with, with the kids perspective going to their parent. Well, speaking of your programming, I feel like all our listeners at this point are convinced you know what you're talking about. So <laughs> how can they find out more about your programming and maybe get signed up? So, yeah. So we have um, two great resources. Um, one is our Cornell Cooperative Extension Orange County website. Um, if you go to the events tab, you'll see the huge array of uh, programs that we offer. So not only parenting programs, but nutrition programs and really great, great programs for everyone. Um, so that's um, cceorangecounty.org. Um, so that's a great place to go to just learn about all of those. Um, we've just launched a brand new resource that's called Our Community Table. And the purpose of Our Community Table is to almost be like a place where people gather around the kitchen table and share great recipes, you know, for success. So that's our vision um, and that's our purpose. And our hope is that this platform will be helpful to parents, caregivers, youth, professionals, anybody that lives and breathes in Orange County, New York and beyond, because there's great resources on there that will just really help. Um, so we have a blog on there and usually it relates to parenting. We have one up there right now um, on self-care and we have one on there about, you know, the kickoff time for school and how frazzled parents feel relative to this time of year um, and how to get yourself kind of organized into the, the structure of September. Um, we have a calendar of events, which links to wherever it is to register. Um, we also have um, a two-gen spot, which talks about intergenerational programs that we offer. Um, we have a wonderful brand new program called Master Community Builder, which is led by my wonderful colleague, Yulika, and it is so exciting, and it's really going to help um, really, I think, connect dots around the county um, to be like the best you can be as far as a community builder. Um, it's great. I can't wait for it to kickoff. She already has a good number of really exciting people. Um, and then we have a, a very comprehensive resource list and all of those resources are linked. So you can just click on any one of them and it brings to a website page. And um, so it's just a great resource to kind of start um, for anybody that's kind of looking for help within Orange County. Um, so that's blogs.cornell.edu backslash building dash community. I hope that you're going to be able to post it um, below the podcast so that people yes have. those will certainly be included in the show notes great and then you know certainly anyone is more than willing to reach out to me via email um, my email address is sls 
536 at and I'll answer any questions, direct you to resources, whether they're part of Cornell or anybody else within Orange County. Um, you know, I always try to help people connect the dots that way. Thank you for sharing all that. And yes, like I said, you can find all that information in the episode notes below. And then the programming that you kind of went through a little bit at the beginning, I was wondering if you could kind of promote that one more time, because it sounds all very amazing. Sure. So the three um, programs that are uh, starting, they actually have started already um, the October 4th week, um, but we will accept additional people if if space allows. Um, so if, if somebody's interested and you go onto the Cornell site and you're interested in unpacking the teen years, um, which again is for parents of um, kids 10 to 10 and up, um, Strengthening Families, which is the joint program with parents and youth together. Um, and that's a seven week series. And then discipline is not a dirty word, which is our foundational program. Um, that, so they all started October 4th or October 5th. Um, but there's definitely, if they're a series, we usually accept people anyway, because if you can pick up anything, um, you know, we'd love for you to pick up new information and tools. Um, and then the last one that's coming up that um, will not have hap happened yet is building your community connection. So if you're feeling at a loss um, of like, where do I even begin to kind of build my network or find my tribe or whatever it might be, um, how do I go about doing that? Um, it's just a 90 minute session on November 15th. So if you look for that on the website, you, there's the registration information there as well. Thank you for sharing all that. And that last one sounds particularly very interesting. I think that that's a big need that we hear from all different age groups. Yeah, you know, and too, like a lot of the stuff that we do is kind of built around um, the, the five protective factors. Um, and so, you know, parental resilience is one, building, you know, having a, a, a group, you know, having parenting um, knowledge is another, um, you know, developing emotional, you know, connection with people. So, you know, so all of those things are really important and, um, that's where this is kind of framed around. So finding a tribe is important. Definitely. Thank you so much for sharing all those programming resources and all of the words of wisdom that you shared. I really appreciate it. You've been a lovely guest. I hope that our conversation for any youth audience that might be listening, maybe kind of gives you a little bit of that perspective of where your caregivers might be coming from. And hopefully we can bridge that gap a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. And perhaps there's opportunities for us, you know, to continue to work together and, and maybe do something in tandem that, you know, we could do something that kind of helps both sides, you know, in the same program. I would love that. And I know our team here would be very excited about that. So to all our listeners, please look out for that. <laughs> Thank you so much. I really Thank you, Katie. It. It's my pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of our Chaos Podcast. We release new episodes every other Friday. Until the next one, you can find us on Instagram and TikTok at MISN underscore cap. See you next time. Thank you.